Hey, Playmakers, real quick before we get into today's episode, if you're one of those listeners that just cannot wait for that next episode to drop, and if you're over on YouTube and my website binging my content there, I just wanted to say thank you. It means the world to me. But just remember, the free stuff will only get you so far. So if you want my complete proven blueprint for opening a successful and sustainable play cafe or indoor playground business that is profitable from day one, I want to invite you to join me inside my signature course, Play Cafe Academy. Head to the show notes right now to get instant on-demand access to all 12 modules, your detailed pre-launch checklist, your 34-page business plan template, your plug-and-play financial model to help you estimate your startup costs and project your revenue, and everything you need to save time, money, and frustration throughout your entire opening process. For a limited time right now, you'll also get an entire month of free access to Playmaker Society, my invite-only membership created exclusively for Play Cafe Academy students who want to work with me personally to optimize and scale their businesses through coaching, guest experts, legal and operations templates, and plug-and-play resources, plus collaboration with over 220 other owners, plus so much more. Head to the show notes and choose your preferred way to pay in full or over time right now. You'll get more information on the current bonuses. You'll see some success stories of those who have gone before you and exactly what to expect when you join us inside the program. I will see you there. If you're in the play and party business and you want to operate with more ease and joy, all while making the living you dreamed of, I created the Profitable Play Podcast just for you. Join me, your host, Michelle Caruana, for Small But Mighty Tips Mondays, Wednesdays, and Fridays that will all add up to a big impact on your mindset, your business, and your bottom line. Stick with me to keep the passion and grow the profit in your play or party-based business. All right, Playmakers, welcome to episode 247 of the Profitable Play Podcast. I'm your host, Michelle Caruana, as always, and in this episode, I want to talk about some creative ways that you can use your excess party favors and event supplies to either generate some extra sales for your indoor playground business, which I know we could all use at the end of the year, or you can give back to your community or both. And that's what I love about these types of episodes where I just give you a long list of tips or suggestions or ideas because after you listen, you can make note of the suggestions that fit your business's unique vibe and mission or just felt good and doable to you at this time. And you can simply leave the ones that don't feel good or don't align with your mission. So I hope this episode gives you a little burst of creativity on this Wednesday morning and leaves you feeling inspired to run with at least one of these suggestions because really, that is enough. And quite honestly, when I was doing research for this episode, I found some really genius ideas that I cannot take credit for. Some of these I came across on Pinterest or wrote down while I was asking for suggestions from my more creative friends and neighbors. And let me tell you, I wish I had thought of some of these before I sold my space a couple years ago. But, you know, staying in the same lane, that's what I love about this podcast in general. Sometimes just getting by day to day and 
maintaining your business and your space and taking care of your team as an indoor playground owner can feel downright overwhelming and impossible. Trust me, I've been there and I know what that feels like. And I know that when I own my space, I rarely had the time to do deep dives on researching new fun ideas to implement, considering I also had two very young children at the time I was operating my space as well. So I love that now I've created this full-time job for myself around doing the stuff that I just did not have the time or the mental or physical energy to dig into consistently when I had my space. And I do this all so that you don't have to because I know you probably don't have the time. All of the researching and troubleshooting and traveling to tour other spaces and completing these guest expert interviews that I do for this podcast, these things bring me so much joy because I know that it will help you, the listener, get to the end result you're likely hoping for, which if I could venture to guess, is probably a profitable indoor playground business that you don't need to be hands-on with 24-7. And I know that doing this can help you get there without you having to stay up until 4 a.m. every night going down a Pinterest rabbit hole or having to miss time with your family watching YouTube video after YouTube video trying to piece together a marketing strategy that was just not designed for a local indoor playground business. I talk all the time on this podcast about how 95% of the business advice out there is not applicable to a local brick and mortar business. It's mostly geared towards online businesses that can serve a greater, larger audience that maybe don't have the costs associated with a brick and mortar business. So I know how difficult it is to sift through these recommendations and tips from our favorite TikTokers and Instagram accounts and YouTube accounts and kind of be left feeling like, hey, I don't really feel like this is meant for my business or this just doesn't feel aligned. And again, that's probably because it isn't. So again, real quick, just another thank you to every single person that listens to this podcast or has left a five-star review on either Apple Podcasts or Spotify. It helps me continue to do this work and put out content that is geared specifically for businesses just like yours, because I know that is so unique and so hard to find. So again, thank you to every single person that helps me continue doing this work. I love it so much. And I hope to connect with you on Instagram or in one of my courses or programs if I haven't already. So again, thank you for being here. But anyway, let's get into the episode and cut to the chase. So if you're anything like me, you might be risk averse, meaning we don't like to take risks. We don't like leaving things up to chance. We like to be a little bit, bit more conservative when it comes to planning in our business. And while this can manifest differently in different areas of my life and businesses, like you know, I'm one of those people who packs 25 pairs of underwear for like a three-day trip, right? It looks different in different areas of my life. But oftentimes, when it came to planning parties and events for my business, being risk-averse looked like over-ordering party favors and supplies just in case the party headcount got increased last minute or maybe the host miscounted because my nightmare scenario, well, <laughs> one of them, is any child feeling left out at either a party or an event 
because there was not a gift bag or a favor left for them to have. So let's say there were 10 kiddos confirmed for a party or event or class or something like that. I would often find myself ordering like two dozen of each item for these gift or favor bags. And I would justify this by telling myself, well, you know, first of all, I don't want any child to feel left out, but also, you know, I'm sure I'm going to use these extras for something. But oftentimes these extra supplies and favors ended up simply going into a catch-all bin in our storage unit and collecting dust. And I actually thought of this episode topic while I was researching for episode 246, the other most recent episode, because in that episode, I talked about our off-site storage unit and how we utilized it to maximize the space of our actual facility. But I am not perfect, which you already know if you listen to this podcast or follow my YouTube channel or anything like that, I'm not perfect. And I was absolutely guilty of just throwing stuff in the storage unit at times just to declutter the cafe. And yes, sometimes it got forgotten about for months and months. So let's just make a little early resolution for our businesses that we are going to be less wasteful in this way in 2024, okay? And then hopefully this episode will give you some inspiration to make good on that resolution. So, all right, here are 12 ways that you can use those extra party and event supplies lying around to either make more money with your business or give back to your community or both. All right, I'm not going to bury the lead at all here. This first suggestion is my favorite one on the list, but it is the most involved, so just be aware. So I am going to give you some easier, quicker alternatives to implement in a minute. But again, this is my favorite. So we're going to talk about ELF kits. And I have to get started with a very important PSA. So if you're distracted, if you're driving, if you're folding laundry, stop what you're doing and listen. If you are listening to this episode and your kiddos can hear, please skip forward about two minutes or pop those earbuds in and come back to this at a later time, whatever you need to do, because I am in the business of creating holiday magic, not destroying it for your children. So I'm going to give you a quick second to skip forward or put earbuds in or pause and come back to this episode, whatever you got to do. All right. Are you ready to talk elves? Here we go. Now, this was kind of the idea that actually kickstarted this entire list. Because while we were operating our indoor playground business, the Elf on a Shelf toys, they were popular, but parents were still just kind of moving the Elf around in silly places around their home each night, right? It wasn't a huge production. But now, parents are really getting extra with it. I know, and I'm almost ashamed to admit this, but for my family, if my son's Elf, whose name is Sally... If she didn't have some sort of elaborate rave or something the night before, he's upset in the morning and it starts his day off on a negative foot. And while, yes, I know some parents, you know, not pointing fingers, and if you could see me, I'm pointing a finger at myself right now. I know that some parents can go overboard with this, but, you know, let's be honest here. Nothing makes a parent's heart happier than seeing joy on their kids' faces. Am I right? And while I absolutely don't do an elaborate setup every night, I do like to plan a couple 
quote unquote elf scenes that I know my son will be talking about with his friends at school and will remember for years to come. So again, this is not something I do every night, but again, I am ashamed to admit that I do like to do those really extra scenes every you know couple days or maybe once or twice a week. And creating elf kits is one more way that you can serve your customers and generate extra revenue by making their lives that much easier around the holidays and allow them to create that joy for their children. Now, I purchase an elf kit every single year from Etsy, and let me tell you, it has been a game changer. And, you know, as I, you know, was getting these elf kits in the mail the last couple years, I noticed something. I was like, you know, hey, I recognize this item as a party favor that we once used for a bee-themed party or a beach-themed party or something like that. So if you have a bin sitting around like I did, full of excess party supplies or favors, go through it and search Elf Ideas on Pinterest or TikTok and see if anything you have would make a really cool and memorable elf scene. Now, before you get overwhelmed and think, sure, I have some cool stuff, but definitely not enough, for 25 elf scenes for one customer. Not to mention, I definitely don't have enough for 25 scenes for multiple customers. Don't worry. Parents like me aren't necessarily looking for a crazy extra done-for-you ornate scene every single night for their elf. Maybe they have a couple ideas that they want to just do with things they have lying around or some of their kids' toys, or maybe they have a folder full of saved ideas on TikTok that they want to implement. For me, the elf kit that I buy on Etsy has just 10 scenes in it. And some years I buy one with five scenes in it. Sometimes I buy one with 15 scenes. It depends on how overwhelmed I'm feeling. So this year, 10 scenes felt right. And I reach for this elf kit when I'm feeling less than inspired or we're doing a million things that day, or I'm just extra exhausted that night. Or, you know, I'm sure everyone that has an elf has gone through, you know, a couple times a year where you're in bed, you're ready to turn off your light, you've taken your melatonin or whatever the case may be for you. And you're like, oh shoot, I forgot to move the elf. And you need something quick and easy that is still going to delight your child. So having something that is done for me that I can reach for as needed is so helpful to have. And it's helpful to have it all, you know, in one little baggie, ready to go with a picture of how it's supposed to look and maybe some little extras. And it's just so helpful to have it done for me. And what I love about this is you can actually help your customers save money by buying your elf kit. And I know this seems counterintuitive and it seems like, you know, a little extra to buy an elf kit, but stay with me. When you buy party favors, or event supplies, I'm guessing as a business owner, you typically buy in bulk, right? Well, if you don't, you should because when you buy in bulk, you save a lot of money. So you can create an entire elf scene for maybe 3 to $5 in total supplies. Whereas if an individual parent were to go purchase one of each of the exact same items that you bought in bulk, it would likely cost them between 10 and 15 or even more dollars to replicate that exact same scene because they're not buying in bulk. So you can take that savings and add some time-saving measures like 
packaging everything together in a little baggie, like I mentioned, with some instructions. And you can use other things you have on hand, like a Canva account to make a little sign that goes with the elf scene and a printer and a laminator, which I know many indoor playground owners have. And boom, you're now able to deliver something to your customer that far exceeds anything they could have prepared because most parents probably don't have laminators and color printers and Canva accounts lying around or already paid for. And you can also save them time and still probably save them money as well. So they're getting a better end result for either the same or less cost overall and way less time. And here's the thing. Each elf kit does not need to be the same. Of course, you always want to deliver on what you advertise. So if you put a picture of a specific elf scene, you want to make sure you're including that in each of your kits. But let's say you have five of one favor and five of another and four of another. It's okay if you make each elf kit unique. You can even charge more and make personalized kits and make each kit in sync with a specific child's age, interest, and maybe include their name on some of the signs or things like that. Again, you can take this idea and run with it and make it your own, depending on you know what you have on hand, how creative you're feeling, how much time and help you have, and what your customers want and what feels right to you. But this is an amazing way to reduce waste and provide your customers with an amazing, easy solution to make their holidays easier and more cheerful. And I love that you can also save your customers from a shipping expense. I know when I buy my elf kit on Etsy, I always have to pay like an extra $10 to $15 just to get it shipped to my house. So by providing a local pickup option, you're also saving your customers a little bit that way. So keep that in mind. All right, idea number two party favor mystery grab bags. So you can create grab bags or mystery bags and you can use just little paper bags for lunches. They're very inexpensive and you can fill them with assorted leftover party favors. And again, each one can be different. So you can sell these bags at a discounted price for like one, two, three dollars to parents or caregivers as they leave your indoor playground. I've seen people do this and they are so popular and Honestly, they're just really fun. I've seen a lot of grandparents especially really appreciate this. And this way, all of your customers can leave with a little extra fun and you can clear out your surplus items. I've even seen people do this at garage sales. So my parents are like garage selling champions. Every single weekend over the summer, they literally will map out their plan of attack, quote unquote attack, ahead of time. And you know, they'll know exactly where they're going. They'll map out their route. They have, you know, they bought a pickup truck <laughs> for this garage selling because they're both retired. It's like their favorite hobby. Then, you know, they flip things on eBay, whatever, whatever. But I've noticed a trend and a lot of times they'll come around with these mystery uh, bags or mystery, you know, grab bags or something like that for my kids. And I'll be like, where the heck did you get these? And they'll say, oh, you know, they were $5 at a garage sale. And you know, yeah, maybe the contents don't quite equal $5. Maybe they equal more than $5, but my kids absolutely love these and it gives my parents so much joy. So again, I've seen this work in many different ways, but they're just really fun to have. So again, this can be a great way to make just a couple extra dollars per customer that visits your indoor playground and reduce waste. 
All right, idea number three, a birthday booking bonus. So you can offer a birthday booking bonus for parents booking birthday parties in person at your venue during open play or a class or at their event that they're attending. So if you're doing idea number two and you're making these mystery grab bags and you're selling them for, you know, two, three, five dollars, whatever, you can offer one for free if the parent books a birthday child in person then and there. And this is an excellent way to encourage that booking from someone who's probably already interested but might be tempted to save it for later or, you know, I'm sure you hear all the time, oh, you know, I'll call tomorrow or oh, you know, I have to check with so-and-so, I'll book it later. And then a lot of times you never see that booking, right? Securing the booking then and there by offering a fun treat for the birthday child can help you prevent these lost sales and also leave your customers feeling extra delighted and content about booking with you. And as I've talked about before on this podcast, getting that interaction off with a birthday host on a positive note from the beginning will set the tone for the rest of their experience as a customer. So make this as positive as possible and give them that little bonus when they book in person. All right, idea number four, party favor craft workshops. So you can do workshops featuring leftover party favors as materials. So kids can repurpose and personalize items like stickers, mini toys, beads, and things like that into unique creations. And this can promote creativity and resourcefulness, again, while reducing waste. Sustainability was one of our core company values. So while we did not do ticketed events for this sort of thing because it just didn't feel right, we would set up craft stations on slow open play days, and we would use these items to enhance the play experience for those who were already paying customers that day. And it would draw in some customers who may have went elsewhere that day. So we're increasing our open play sales and also surprising and delighting our customers who came in that day and just making their experience that much sweeter. So an example of this is anytime we had like construction vehicles or Hot Wheels or mini vehicles of any time, we would set up a little washable painting station with either just plain printer paper or canvases if we had them lying around or something like that. And we would let the kiddos dip the wheels in that paint or whatever we had on hand that day. And they would be able to roll their vehicle over the paper or canvas and make something really unique. And it was a really fun way to utilize these toys because we could then wash them and use them again and again. So that's a really fun example of how to utilize this. All right, idea number five, donation drives. So you can partner with local charities or schools or your customers to collect surplus party favors from both your own stash. And I'm sure a lot of your customers have just a ton of little tiny party favor or little toys lying around. And you can donate these to organizations that can distribute them to children in need. It's a heartwarming way to give back to the community and make your customers feel involved as well. And this can be in the form of mystery grab bags for kiddos in need. You can do craft packs. You can make a sensory bin, or you can create a birthday to-go box and maybe throw in some cake mix and frosting, again, for children who need it. And you can donate them to schools or food pantries or things like that. However you feel is best to use these items and whatever your local charities or organizations are in need of at that time. All right, idea number six, themed party packs. And this is also one that we did. So you can create to-go themed party packs for customers to purchase if they're having their party 
at their home. So this allows you to increase your birthday revenue while never actually having to have that party in your space. These packs can include a mix of leftover party favors, such as themed decorations, small toys, accessories, and party supplies as well. So table covers, things like that, all matching a specific theme. So parents can save time and money by buying these prepackaged sets for their child's party, even if they're not planning to have their party at your facility. And this is a great idea for really unique themes. So I know, for example, we would do a theme like I don't know, the one that's coming to mind is like strawberry shortcake, right? It's not a very popular theme among kiddos today. So I would buy all this stuff for this strawberry shortcake theme party. Then I'd save the favors for, you know, the next strawberry shortcake themed party or baby shower. And then, you know, a year later, we haven't had that request again. Well, if you package everything up in a to-go box and say, hey, you know, anyone looking to have a strawberry shortcake theme party at your home or at another venue, we have a to-go party pack for you. And, you know, maybe somebody that wasn't considering having a strawberry shortcake themed event would say, hey, you know what? That's a really cute theme or that sounds like something that I wouldn't have thought of on my own. And that can reinvigorate interest and allow you to kind of offload those lesser requested themes or more unique themes if you feel like you're not going to reuse that stuff again. All right, idea number seven, you can use event gift bags. So if you're looking for an extra way to surprise and delight your event or class attendees, you can hand out gift bags with excess party favors at the end. This is going to help parents get out the door more quickly and easily. And as always, it will end their experience on a positive note, which is so important when it comes to getting repeat bookings and all that good stuff. All right, idea number eight, you can do a party favor recycling station. So you can set up a dedicated recycling station where customers can drop off their surplus party favors and you can add your own for reuse. And again, this can encourage eco-friendly practices and let your customers know that you're committed to sustainability. Now, this wasn't something that we implemented just because of the vibe of our space. It didn't really feel aligned. We were very focused on upscale boutique events and classes and things like that. And, you know, having this, you know, station of, I'm going to say, quote unquote, junk lying around, it was just really distracting and it didn't fit our look and feel. However, if you have a consignment shop in your area, or if you do, you know, swap events or things like that, or you're more of a value-based space, this might be something that is really cool that you can offer your customers. And this kind of leads me into idea number nine. You can also do party favor swap events. So you can encourage parents and kiddos to bring in their surplus party favors and exchange them for items that they may be more interested in. This not only reduces waste, but also builds a sense of community among your visitors. And I've seen a lot of people do costume swap events or holiday sweater swap events and things like that. So if that is something that's aligned with your business's uh, mission, this might be another swap event to include on your calendar. All right, idea number 10, sensory tubs. So at many of our events, we include a sensory tub as part of the activities provided. So for example, if you have a bunch of tiny little dinosaur figurines lying around, add them to a dino dig sensory tub at your next dino themed event. Or if you have some insects from a bug-themed party or event, put some crinkle paper in a tub and let kids sort through it to find them during a fun spring-themed event. There are really endless possibilities when it comes to sensory tubs, 
So take a look at what's available to you and get to searching on Pinterest for unique inspiration for your next event. All right, tip number 11, you can have a staff and parent helper bin. And this is something I talked about way back in episode 17 of this podcast, but having a bin of just, you know, inexpensive random toys behind your counter can be a really helpful tool for your staff and customers alike. So for example, if a child does something really kind to another child, or if they do their part in cleaning up after themselves, you can reward that behavior by allowing them to choose a little toy at the end of their visit or right after they displayed that kind behavior. Other kids might see that and want to mimic that behavior to get that same reward. And now we're creating a cycle of positive behavior in your space. Or maybe a child's having a bit of a hard time. Maybe it's busy and chaotic in your space and they're feeling overwhelmed. Or maybe they loved playing so much that they just do not want to put their shoes on to leave. We all know, you know, that tantrums of that nature are just a part of growing up and being a toddler or a young child. But we also know that this can have a domino effect and one tantrum in a play space can quickly spiral into 10 tantrums and now everyone's screaming. (laughs) So having a bin of toys that can be used in this scenario can help the child regulate a bit, take some pressure off the parent or caregiver and prevent other children from getting upset or overwhelmed as well from that initial tantrum. There are so many uses for this little miscellaneous bin, and it's a great way to utilize some of your favors that may not have had a place elsewhere in the other list of ideas I gave. And then the last tip is a party favor vending machine. And this one might be a little bit more costly to implement, but it can also be really fun, especially if you come across a vending machine secondhand or You know, maybe if you have parents like mine who, you know, love going to garage sales. So you can install this little mini vending machine that can dispense leftover party favors in exchange for tokens or small fees. So kids can use tokens earned during their visit, maybe from kind behavior or cleaning up, to redeem these fun little toys, adding an element of surprise and fun to their experience, and again, ending their visit on a very positive note. I know that my kid's dentist office does this, so after they have a cleaning, they give them a little token. It's not even a quarter or anything. It's just a little gold token made specifically for that vending machine, and my kids get to put the little token in and get a fun little prize that they're delighted with, but probably cost all of, you know, three to five cents for that dentist offer to or dentist office to give them. So I think that is a really fun thing to implement in your indoor playground. All right, that wraps up today's episode. If you have any ideas that I didn't include, please message me on Instagram. I love doing part twos with extra ideas and strategies that you guys suggest. So please message me on Instagram. Follow me there if you want to see some other fun ideas. I'm going to share them as they come in. And as always, don't forget to follow me on YouTube, especially if you're in the planning phase of your indoor playground, because YouTube is really where I talk about the launching and planning and designing process of indoor playground spaces. This podcast is more so geared towards my current owners. So again, if you're in the planning phase, head to the show notes and subscribe over on YouTube so you never miss a video that was made just for you and where you are in your process. And again, thank you for everyone listening and for everyone who left really kind reviews. I appreciate it so much. All right, I will see you right back here on Monday. Have a great weekend.